It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available on iHeartRadio every morning across this holiday season, and of course on Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from. Well, good morning and welcome into Wednesday, the fourth day of January for 2023, and coming up we'll check on that all-important weather forecast. Certainly had some hot days around the country since Christmas and may it continue. Just make sure that you stay hydrated. Nothing worse than a hydration headache or worse a migraine. Coming up in just a moment, we are heading back down into the time tunnel this morning, this time with Eliza Owens from CoreLogic as we head back to August of last year. In fact, it was around that time that CoreLogic's quarterly auction market review was out and it wasn't painting a pretty picture with buyer sentiment down and clearance rates lower over the June quarter. In fact, the report showed that over 31,000 auctions were held in the three months to June following the busiest March quarter on record when nearly 24,000 homes went under the hammer. Interestingly, the auction volumes over the June 2022 quarter were the second highest highest on record for a June quarter, but the clearance rate was substantially lower. So we'll get to that in just a moment. If you're celebrating your birthday for January the 4th, happy birthday. I see that it was a a fairly momentous day on this day back in 2010. In Dubai, the Burj Khalifa was opened, of course, the world's tallest building at 829 metres. However, from Saudi Arabia in Riyadh, there's some talk that there might be a building construction for a two-kilometre tower. Okay, I mean, that's hard to imagine, two Ks. Contractors have priced up the mega-tall construction and have put the cost at around $5 billion to construct. I mean, just imagine, the Burj Khalifa is 829, so it's it's over double that height. So is it hype or is it reality? I guess we'll find out in time. It's your weekday real estate breakfast with news, interviews and predictions every morning on The Real Estate Podcast. It's the main centre forecast with PRD, selling smarter every day. All right, let's have a look at your weather around the country. First, we go to Sydney and expecting one or two showers to develop a high today of 25 degrees. In Melbourne, expecting cloudy skies becoming windy and your high of 19. In Brisbane, it's going to be pretty sticky, expecting one or two showers with a possible storm, your high of 33 degrees. And in Perth today, blue skies with sunshine, plenty of hydration is going to be required. Your temperature today is 36 degrees. Informing you every morning from 6.30 with the latest real estate property news, seven days a week, only on The Real Estate Breakfast. So let's welcome in this morning Eliza Owen, who is the Head of Research Australia at CoreLogic. And good morning, Eliza. Great to have you back on The Real Estate Breakfast. Good morning. Thanks for having me. So on one 
one hand, we have a June quarter record, but the clearance rate way down. The combined capital city clearance rate hit a record high of 80% in March 2021. But since then, there has been this gradual decline. That's right. Over the June quarter, we saw the clearance rate come down to about 61% across the combined capital cities, and that's down from 76% in the June quarter of the previous year. And even over the past few weeks through July, we've observed that combined capital city clearance rate fall even further still. It's now sitting in that 50% range. If you look at cities like Sydney and Melbourne, Um, those are starting to show weaker clearance rates still with Sydney averaging about 53% over the past few weeks. You know, it's a good point too, because you look at the quarters, but so much is happening in between the quarters. It's almost like it's outdated by the time you get there at the end of a quarter. Yeah. And I think that's the good thing about auction data, right? Is it is that high frequency pulse that we have on the property market. So week by week, that actually comes out as quite highly correlated with movements in property prices. And indeed, these auction figures corroborate that story of higher levels of supply, um, buyers falling away and vendors having to come down on their price expectations. And let's have a look at Melbourne. Melbourne was the busiest auction market with 13,818 homes taken to auction, followed by Sydney with 11,119. Now, the trend towards lower clearance rate has been most visible in Sydney and Melbourne, where housing values are now falling and advertised stock levels are back to above average levels. What is your main takeaway for Sydney and Melbourne from these numbers? right now. Yeah, I mean, I guess this reinforces what we're seeing across the CoreLogic Home Value Index, which measures property values across the market. It reinforces what we're seeing in the time it's taking properties to sell by a private treaty and uh, vendor discounting rates. It all points to a steeper decline in property markets across Sydney and Melbourne, particularly the sort of central and high-end markets of these cities. And they tend to lead the property cycle. They will be the first to see declines during a downswing. And often they see more volatile movements during a downswing as well. So Sydney and Melbourne tend to have higher highs, lower lows. They also are a bit of a bellwether for the other capital cities. If you look at what's happening in the daily core logic home value index, we, we measure the rolling monthly change on that daily metric. That's also shown that since the increase in interest rates, movements in capital city home values have deteriorated and Brisbane has now ticked into negative territory as well. So when the month end results come out, we would expect to see that that is going to be the third capital city well into the downswing. And the clearance rates are also trending lower, as you say, like a Brisbane. Also, Adelaide is in there, who, I mean, these two regions have had it for so good for such a long, sustained period of time, haven't they? 
Yeah, so the upswings that we've seen in property prices across Brisbane and in particular Adelaide have been some of the highest we've seen on record. Adelaide in particular would usually be what we call a slow and steady performer over time. It's not been terribly volatile. But this emergency interest rate setting that we saw introduced amid COVID has created an enormous surge in value particularly with things like remote work trends, people seeking out more affordable and spacious property that really created quite the surge in the Adelaide property market. So again, now we're starting to see signs that those markets are cooling off a little bit. In the case of Brisbane, as I mentioned, it's coming into price declines. In the case of Adelaide, it's still in growth phase, but the rate of growth is slowing right down. So we would probably expect those markets to follow Sydney and Melbourne into a bit of a downswing. The difference, I think, is that they're not going to see as much of a downswing as what we might see in Sydney and Melbourne. And interestingly, these aren't traditional auction markets either. So, you know, for Adelaide in particular, this period has seen a relatively high volume of of auctions. I think that vendors might start pivoting more towards private treaty as we come into a softer housing market environment. Now, let's have a look at the number of auctions held in winter. It's normally trending lower due to the season, but this could be worse this year as the housing market moves into this downturn. So are you predicting at this moment in time vendors opting to sell by private treaty rather than by auctions? Because it's interesting with what you just said, given the fact that Adelaide is having more auctions. Yeah, so I think those non-traditional auction markets probably saw a bit of a boom in auction activity over this really unique upswing. You know, agents regard the auction method as a way to drum up a lot of excitement about a property when the market is hot. When the market is cooling down, it's a different story. You don't want that public environment with a lot of people sharing the sentiment that this property isn't worth as much or, you know, there's there's no sort of urgency around purchasing property. And even in the past few weeks, we have started to observe pretty decent amount of listings coming onto the market for winter, but less of them are in the form of an auction. So definitely seeing more of that pivot to the private treaty method now, which is another indicator that we would come to expect when market conditions are softening. And of course, last week, Eliza, it was a busy week. The inflationary number is 6.1%. We're being told that the September quarter, it's not likely to improve. People are having to just continually tighten the belts. We've got all sorts of money issues around when people are coming off these fixed term rates next year. So still a worrying time. Yeah, there are certainly some headwinds for the property market going forward. The high inflationary environment has prompted pretty steep and successive heights in the cash rate. And the higher the interest rate, ultimately, the more downward pressure that's going to put on the property market. There's some early signs, particularly globally, that the inflationary situation is starting to turn. For example, furniture retailers in in the US starting to discount their prices a bit. A lot of consumption at the moment is dedicated towards 
consumer goods rather than services. And and those goods tend to have a lower profit margin. So ultimately, that's going to help lower aggregate demand. And even with the June quarter inflation results, the quarterly figure of just under 2% was a little bit lower than what we saw in the March quarter. So even though on that annual basis, inflation is at the highest level since the 1990s, I think there are some early signs that it's starting to ease a little bit. It's going to take a bit of time for the RBA to get back to target. I don't know. I'm, I'm thinking there could be some offsetting factors for the headwinds that we're seeing at the moment. Another important factor is that the rental market is also quite strong. As national property values have fallen for the past few months, we've continued to see increases in the value of rents. This could have the effect of attracting more investors to the property market and offset some of the declines in demand that we're seeing from the owner-occupier space. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Certainly interesting times. Eliza, thank you so much for coming on to the Real Estate Podcast this morning. Thanks again. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. Thank you.